and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis Evangelion series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first. Today we continue on the three characters from the vote that we had uh, recently about whose breakdowns you want first in that order. Today is second place winner, Gendo Ikari. Nobody tell Gendo he came second. He will not be okay with that. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, technically, after all the character breakdowns, it's like seven right now. Nobody tell him that. He would not be okay with that. And that's only if you count the students and the their staff as one each. To be fair, we didn't actually do a vote about them, so even though we're, like, covering him seventh, he didn't, like, come seventh in a vote. No, I actually kind of expected him to win the poll. I was a bit surprised when uh, Misato, but then I was like, I guess. And, uh, I'm willing to bet a large amount of the people who voted on that... Were thirsty. That's why they voted for me. <laughs> That's also why Gendo got a lot of his votes. It's people were thirsty for Gendo as well. I don't disagree. There's a reason we call the fans of Neon Genesis Oba heads because they're all much like Oba, obsessed with Gendo. But still, it's uh, it's a thing. Anytime your series includes a female character who like makes sexual comments. That's inevitably going to be a portion of the internet's favorite character. And promises fan service every episode. Yeah. Which is why Gendo came second. <laughs> Which is weird, because I'm pretty sure when we put out this poll, we specifically said we would only be doing Gendo fan service, no other fan service. Yeah. So the fact that Gendo didn't win the poll is kind of mind-boggling. I love it. So anyways, who is he? What does he want? Ah, so Gendo is an enigma. Okay. What he wants is shaded to mystery. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> uh, so, Gendo, uh, formerly known as Gendo Rokubungi, which, uh, funny enough, the name means... A uh, type of ship? No, Anchor. <laughs> anchor, of course. <laughs> Both because it's ship adjacent, and also because it's the thing that weighs you down and keeps you from growing and progressing and moving. Which is funny, because is not even like a boat. Akari can be translated to anger or rage. <laughs> And the fact that in the original series it was Yui Akari really tells you a lot about what's going on with Yui and why she died. She was filled with rage. <laughs> Despite all her rage, she was still just around the cage. Yeah. The rat being her and the cage being, being unit one. Yeah. It's funny too because the, the further you go into like Evangelion lore, Yui starts looking more and more like the villain. <laughs> yep. We're just starting to get there. So. Yeah, Gendo. Shinji's father, that is part of who he is. Yeah. It's the smallest part of who he is because <laughs> it's the part of him he rejects the most yeah. vehemently. Captain of Nerve, mastermind, uh, human instrumentality enthusiast, and what he wants is... Uh, human instrumentality so that he can bring back his dead wife. Well, not even bring back stuff. He just wants to be with his dead wife. It's true. Ideally, it's him and his dead wife, and like other people can be there, but they're just not a part of it. Including Shinji. Shinji's welcome to be there, but he's just not a part of action. Are you sure Shinji's welcome to be there? I think Gendo is willing to allow Shinji to be there because he knows that Yui would want Shinji to be there. Even to be fair, like, what we learn about Gendo later on isn't even that Gendo dislikes Shinji. It's just Gendo is fully cognizant of the fact that he would not be a good father to Shinji. So I think Gendo would want Shinji to be there if he knows Yui is going to be there as well. To be fair, though, under that expectation that this is what Yui would want... Really hey, really shouldn't have done anything else along the way. You're right. I don't think Gendo wants Shinji there, but I think... 
I think Gendo... Fuck, how do I phrase this? I think Gendo's a bad dad. Oh, 100%. End of sentence. That's the whole thought. <laughs> there's, there's no other part to that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. What I'm trying to say is... From what we learned in Re- at the end of Rebuild... Gendo kind of wanted to be a father to Shinji, but just didn't know how to make those connections because no one in any of Evangelion knows how to make connections except for, like, one character. Um, so... And that's the lab technician who connects computers together. Exactly. Uh, actually, I was thinking it was uh, Ritsuko's mom because she knew how to make three versions of herself and have those connect to each other. Yeah, that's true. Um, sorry, see, mother. Yes. Uh... <laughs> partitions herself off so only a third of her is actually a mother. That's what the ultimate mother is. It was her best chance of survival. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think Gendo wants to be a father to Shinji, but just doesn't think he's capable of being a father to Shinji. So given the chance to have instrumentality go down exactly the way he wants, I do think he would want he himself, Yui, and Shinji to all be together. Possibly. It just... Yui would be the one interacting with Shinji, but he would be present for it. He'd be there. That man never changed the diaper, I call it now. No, 100% not. Every time, like, the baby monitor started happening and, like, Shinji started crying, Gary would just look at his phone and be like, Alright, I gotta go into the office. Huh. And <laughs> Let him fend for himself. It builds character. <laughs> so, uh, what are we getting him into music so that he can stop bothering me with his bullshit? What are you talking about, Gendo? I need him to learn how to play the cello. <laughs> Hypothetically, that did happen after he was dead. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah, uh, the, the big character for Gendo, and ultimately the motivation for everything, is Yui Akari. Yep. Uh, the character who also we have the least information about, but also the biggest force in Neon Genesis in a sense. Yep. Uh, then also we have Yutsuki, Shinji, and that's kind of the pool. <laughs> For really important Gendo characters. Not necessarily important to Gendo, but important to the story of Gendo. Yeah. You could argue argue Rei is important, but Rei is only important because Rei is Yui, and Yui is important. Yeah, and that's why I would classify kind of like Ritsuko, Rei, as like a pseudo-secondary characters. I And I think it depends on how you phrase the, character, uh, the question. Because if the question is, what characters have the strongest connection to Gendo... I think you include Ritsuko. If you ask the question, what characters are most important to Gendo, Ritsuko doesn't appear on the list at all. She is of no importance to Gendo. She is a means to an end. But he did say that he did love her. I, I don't think he did. I think Gendo is a weak man who just wanted to, uh, told her what he thought she wanted to hear. As previously stated, he has no idea how to interact with people. He's just going to fucking lie if he has to. And the reason I said I classify Ritsuko and Rei in the same category is ultimately we do find out that even though Rei does resemble Yui, he uses a kind of like a patch of sense to like hold yeah. him over. Yeah. Ultimately, he sees Rei and Ritsuko as means to an end and not so much like actually important in the, means of, like, the story of things, right? When you referred to her as a patch, I don't know why, but my brain didn't go to like the normal types of patch. My brain went to, like, the nicotine patch, yeah. and, like... Can you like, fix? Yeah, how do you, like... In what sense do you only use nicotine patch? Not as a way to wean yourself off, but as a way to hold <laughs> yourself over until the next time you can actually smoke. Like... I think you have a real cigarette problem. It's like, man, I can't smoke right now. I need a nicotine patch to hold me over to my next cigarette. Yeah, like, I'm about to take an international flight, so I bought a pack of nicotine patches to slap on my body for the 12-hour flight. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a thing. I'm sure there are people out there who do. Yeah. 
I'm sure I know at least one person who does that. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but I'm, I would not be surprised if, like, I looked through all my contacts and ended up finding out that one of them did that. Speaking of which, if you listen to this podcast and you <laughs> don't tell us, you don't need to tell us details about your life. <laughs> Except your address, if you want to fight Peter. That's true, I do still need your address, I can fight you. Or, as we discussed last week, the address of whoever tells you it's inappropriate to drink during your time off or during vacation, give me their address as well. <laughs> Preferably give me both addresses and don't tell me which is which, and I'll just find either you or the person bullying you and fight one of you. <laughs> Uh, kind of like Gendo would do, I assume. Oh, Gendo would do whatever he wants his staff to do. Yeah. Or more so, he believes that the staff should do anything Gendo would do. Yeah, it's, I won't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do, with the staff not realizing at the time that there's nothing Gendo wouldn't do if it meant bringing Yui back. Exactly. Uh, so... Oh god, sorry. Before we get into, like, more serious topics, does this mean that every single one of the NERF staff has to be emotionally distant and abusive towards their own children, or just to Shinji? I think it's just to Shinji. I think okay. it's quite literal. Okay, he's very specific. He'll accept them doing anything in the means to bring back Yui, and also requires them to be emotionally distant from Shinji. Okay, I'll accept that. I wonder if Misato dies. She probably... Like, Gendo probably orchestrated that when she realized she wasn't being completely emotionally <laughs> distant to Shinji. Oh, is that? She started getting the feels. Kill her. Yeah. Hey, CLA, you should probably invade now. I'll tell you where Misato is at this exact moment in time. <laughs> I don't know why I held a phone up to my hand like this was a video podcast and people could see that I was mimicking him calling CLA, uh, but that's what I did. Also, I shouldn't have done that because the way he talks to them isn't over the phone. It's through the, like, podium. Monoliths. Monoliths. Thank you. Anyways, what was the serious thing you were going to talk about for, <laughs> <laughs> for Gendo? Felt like I had something. I don't know what's going on. He probably did. This is my fault. I've ruined the podcast. Uh, so ultimately, the main plot line of Neon Genesis is the relationship between Gendo and Shinji. Even though they don't interact a lot, it's more so them kind of posturing at each other. But Rebuild ends up showing like that is kind of the main focus point of everything happens because of these two failing to connect. Yes. All because Gendo is incapable of being a father. And then we end up getting that cool little payoff that we find out, like, you mentioned you're pretty much the same. Yep. And it also ends up showing the potential of what Shinji could become in the future on, like, the bad side of things. Shinji could become an emotionally abusive father. Yep. Could. Will. Already is. I mean, this might be controversial, but in the Evangelion, Shinji, I can definitely see playing out that way. Yeah. I don't think Rebuild Shinji goes out that way, because I think Rebuild Shinji is aware enough of the cycle of trauma that he might not be a perfect father, because, I mean, I'm going to level with you right here. I don't think there's... I think every parent fucks up their child at least a little <laughs> bit. It's just a scale of very little trauma to massive amounts of trauma. Um, so I don't think there's a world line where Shinji doesn't traumatize slash emotionally abuse his child at least a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and that could be my own warped perceptions of what a father is, uh, getting involved here. I don't uh, know what the emotionally abused part, but traumatized I can definitely see. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I do think he's aware enough of the cycle that he's going to rebuild Shinji at the very least, would take steps to be a better father than Gendo was. Not a perfect father, but a better father. That's it. Just hopefully not with his mom's strength. That would just be too weird. <laughs> 
what if it was his father's friend? You mean Fyutsuki? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of going back to the whole thing with Mari, it, so if it is the same Mari, which most likely it is, they were Gendo's friend before Yui's friend. Okay. Then yeah, I'm fine with it. I'd only Gendo's be friend in the way of the harassed Gendo constantly. Yeah. I'd only be uncomfortable with it if it was Yui's friend, because then there's that weird dynamic of, like, someone who cared for Yui while Yui cared for Shinji. That's, like, it gets a little weird. But if it's Gendo, there's no love between Shinji <laughs> and Gendo, so it's not like there's it's a weird connection. It's pretty much a stranger at that point. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with it, then. Uh, obviously, the relationship with Yui is the big driving force of the series, where Gendo's relationship with her at the beginning seems a little shady, because it seems like he only kind of went after Yui for the power she had, where she was daughter of a prominent Sealy member, but yeah. never get any further backstory on that specifically. Yeah. But ultimately, what that ends up leading to is kind of like a rug pull when Yui die is actually like really traumatizing for him, and he devotes his whole life to bring her back through instrumentality. Yeah. Like, legitimately, he's aware of Girahim, or He's not aware of CLA at the beginning. He's aware of Girahim, right? And he tries to get involved in Girahim. Is that what it is? So or is he's he aware, aware of CLA? Girahim is uh, uh, formed later, and then specifically the death now goes, what turns into Nerve. Nothing changes, just the name. Yeah. So um, he is aware of CLA and, like, is aware of the impact that they have on the world, so he kind of wants to get involved with them. And then Yui dies, he's like, how can I use this tenuous connection I have to this con group that controls the world to gain the power of a god and resurrect the dead so that I can bring my wife back? Um, to be fair, though, it's never fully confirmed that he pursued Yui because he wanted that power. Oh, so no. So it is possible that it just is coincidence. Yeah, I, I don't mean that he was like... A cowroot uh, coincidence. I... <laughs> I don't mean to suggest the whole reason he was going after Yui was to get to Girahim slash Nerve slash CLA. Not Nerve. Nerve didn't exist yet. Uh, I just mean that it did seem like CLA was on his radar before then and was something that if he had a goal before Yui passed, it seemed to be to get more authority through CLA. Yeah, and that's definitely what it appears to be by the game. It's never confirmed. Either. Yeah. Also, the, when I said the coward coincidence, just imagine, like, fucking coward just bursting into Gendo's room before he meets you. He's like, I need your semen! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Shinji must be born. Yeah. That's why Gendo doesn't trust people. Yeah. It's actually he, like, started off with uh, trying to do it, like, subliminally, and every time Gendo was asleep, Kaoru would break into his room and, like, walk up to him and whisper in his ear, Fuck Yui, fuck Yui. Uh, and then uh, when it didn't work, yeah, he just bust into his room, woke him up, and was like, Give me your semen. <laughs> well, then. And let's see, the other prominent character in the story that's connected to him is Fyutsuki, obviously. More so that I think... Well, Fyutsuki's kind of purpose is to highlight... Gendo's skill in a sense, but also that there's something else going on that we're not aware of, because Fyutsuki never comes off as a malicious character, or nope. even an evil character, so the fact that he was against Gendo, then but then changes his mind, I think highlights that what Gendo's doing, we shouldn't be seeing as necessarily completely on the evil side of things. 
Yeah. At some level, the goal that Gendo is going for is at least good enough that Fujutsuki was on board. We knew it funny that Fujutsuki was apparently just crazy about Yui as well, so that's the case, but I don't think he's as crazed about it as Gendo. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. In fact, I think one of my favorite scenes with the two of them is the implications of when Yutsuki confronts Gendo on everything with Nerve and all that, or Kieran uh, at the time, and see what Yeah, and about the Katsuragi expedition. And it, it very much is implied that Gendo left a trail of, like, clues for Fuyutsuki to, to find. figure out. And then Fuyutsuki's like, I'm gonna go tell everyone about this, and he's like, before that, though, let me make you a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Let me... You have most of the breadcrumbs. Let me give you the piece of toasted bread to go with it so you can have the full picture. That's an analogy that's never been used before, but I'm going to start using it on a regular basis. And boy, did Fuyutsuki butter that bread. Oh, he buttered that bre He buttered them cheeks, I mean bread. <laughs> uh, so those are kind of like the three core characters that end up being Gendo's motivation, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this relationship with Rei being the clone of Yui with the soul of Lilith, uh, so it's an amalgamation of angel human DNA. And... Though it seems like he has a relationship with Rey in a sense, he pretends to be her guardian because it's belongs to a friend. He never actively works for, I guess, the goodwill of Rey. Yeah, this is all pretty well evidenced by when we see Rey's living situation. It's pretty clear no one's taking a direct effort to take care of Rey, so even though he seems to be taking on this kind of guardianship role over Rey... It's clear he never was in a position of, like, actually trying to be a father to Rey or anything like that. He was just, for convenience sake, being her guardian allowed him to have access to her with no one asking too many questions. Yeah, and when you look at the interaction with her, it's more so trying to have or pretend that Yui's still around, seems to be, because he has dinner with her. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like not asking her questions, it's more of just having her there. Yeah. It's kind of the thing. And ultimately, the goal was her death in the beginning. Yeah. Even that's where he was going. And he doesn't really show, because the physical, what looks like Ray does not affect him any, because the dummy book system is just Ray bodies inside him, right? So, yeah. clearly that doesn't matter to him. He has all the other uh, Ray series, or the Anami series, and Rebuild, which doesn't show any attachment really to at the same time. Yeah. So I think he's just merely interacting with one with the Lilith soul, specifically because it's part of his plan. Yeah. And then when we see things that look like he might actually care about her, I think those are more of... It's twofold. I think it might be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction because of the resemblance to Yui, that he kind of reacts with thinking. But also, if anything were to actually happen to the Lilith soul, that his plan is... Or his backup plan, I'd say, is kind of fucked. Yeah. So the part where Unit Zero has the catastrophic uh, failure and he ends up burning his hand to do it. I think that was, in equal parts, knee jerk reaction because it does look like Yui, and also the whole big part of my plan that fucks over Sile might be dead. Yeah, I kind of need Ray to survive in order for my plan to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd accept that. So, I think... Gendo never really cared about Rey in an aspect of, like, any type of love. No, I think, I think it was he... really, like, the way you would care about, you know, oh, I have a favorite, you know, toy or 
I think a very important item for me. I would classify it more so as like my favorite a, car- a carpenter's favorite hammer or some shit. Like he fully views her as a tool. He might prefer this tool to other tools, but he doesn't think of her as anything more than a means to an end. And he can always get a new hammer, but this hammer has the secret launch codes for the nukes on the bottom. Yeah. Maybe damn if he's gonna do the effort to transfer that. Yeah, taking all that time to like retranscribe those three-digit passwords to launch all the nukes on Earth. One, two, three, in case you're curious. Oh, <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Gendo. Yeah. Uh, maybe Yui's birthday. Maybe. Definitely not Shinji's birthday, if it's because a three, there's if no it, way he actually, knows if that. Actually, if it's a three-code, it's definitely Yui. Yeah. That's true, it's just Y-U-I. <laughs> and Ritsuko is an interesting one, because Ritsuko is kind of a parallel to her mother in relation to uh, Gendo, yep. where the whole relationship with Naoko seems to have been on the Magi side of things, where he wanted to kind of manipulate her, yeah. and where Ritsuko was also the key thing for the dummy plug system in a lot of Project E, you could say it was probably the same deal. Now, as we already kind of discussed, the I, uh, I did love you line before she ends up dying, the merit of if it's true or not. Ritsuko, at the very least, calls him a liar for it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how well this translates to Japanese, which was the original language, but one could also use love as, like, an active verb of, like, I loved you in the sense that, like, I had sex with you. Technically, I loved (laughs) you in that sense. I loved you like a stray dog. Yeah. I loved you like a man loves his right hand after he's had too long of a day. <laughs> Don't worry about what I mean. I... <laughs> I loved you more than Shinji. That means less than anything else I could say. <laughs> yep. All in all, he's a pretty good dad. <laughs> That's a, quite the 180 <laughs> from the beginning of this episode. I'm not saying he's a great dad. I'm just saying, like, on the scale of all the dads throughout history, pretty good. He got he made like a giant robot for his kid to inhabit. <laughs> inhabit. Yeah, pilot. I guess would be a better word. Oh, so he didn't make it for Shinji. He just made a robot, and Shinji's the only one who can pilot it because the cockpit's too small for anyone other than a fourteen. Yeah, that's the rules. Yeah, but he did make it for Shinji. But, like, he originally made it with the intention of Shinji piloting it when he was older, but then he accidentally made the cockpit too small, so Shinji has to pilot it as a child. That's why you always gotta measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Or my preferred method. Cut three times, realize you cut too small, and start over from scratch. Yeah, we've got spare wood laying around, why not? Yeah. So, uh, one of the interesting aspects of Endo is it's never really directly stated but the implication is that Gendo doesn't actually accept that Yui's gone. Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, so in his mind, it's not, I'm bringing her back from the dead, it's, I am saving her. This kind of comes through the uh, idea in Rebo where he specifies that he wants the power to kill a god, uh, and, and the implication seems to be that Yui is that god. Yeah, sure. Uh, essentially, he wants to free her from the curse of immortality so they can be together in the afterlife. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, which ends up, that's why... Technically, it's a good ending for Gendo at the end of Rebuild because he gets what he wants. The destruction of the Evangelions is also the death of the gods. Yes. Yeah. It pushes both him and Yui into the afterlife. 
it would be some pretty great dramatic irony if Shinji kept one uh, Evangelion around. Not even for you to inhabit. But I just, want all Evangelions gone, except 13. Except 13. I want Gendo to exist inside of uh, Evangelion, and that's it. I mean, it is the best ending for Gendo, if you think about it. Well, it depends on... Because there's still the breakdown where it's uh, episode 26, end of Evangelion, and Rebuild are going to be seen as three different timelines. Yeah. Technically, if 26 is a separate timeline, that Gendo does have good, because he's clearly there with Yui at the end. Yeah. Whereas, end of Evangelion was worst ending for Gendo. 100%. Man, Gendo just got fucked at the end of Evangelion. Yeah. And then Rebuild, he gets to be with Yui, ultimately. Uh, and I guess no more takes backsies. <laughs> Yeah, there's never going to be another timeline where he doesn't get to be in a few way. Yeah, uh, so some people have pointed out too that it kind of, uh, the times where Gendo gets kind of petty towards Shinji is where Shinji in some way implies Yui is gone, or Gendo should lose something he loves because that would be Yui. Yeah. Gendo's kind of just like a petulant child, if yeah. you think about it. But the other side of that is the fact that Gendo uh, is so stoic about everything because he's so sure of his plan that it can't fail. That like I don't think Gendo ever once thinks that this plan will fail or can fail. He thinks that it, like it will be completed no matter what. And that kind of shows in the fact that Gendo is fucking unflinching for whatever the hell happens. Yeah. There's never a Gendo like there's only one time in the whole series where Gendo is surprised, and that's because he put up an AT field to blush. Yes. And that's also the one moment where he kind of also has the change of heart and he gives up on his plan. The moment he feels surprised and realizes his plan can go wrong is the moment that he, uh... Man, now that I think about it, Gendo has just, like, the weakest mental. The moment the thought crosses his mind of my plan might not work, he immediately gives up. Yep. Fucking, what a coward. <laughs> what a little bitch. <laughs> What a good dad. <laughs> He's a simp hiding in a Chad's body. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's so many times where, like, you know, big explosion, fight just above him, and just does not move. Un unfazed whatsoever. Yeah. And I think a lot of people see Gendo as a character who is, like, fighting for humanity in a sense. Like, his ultimate goal is human, human superiority. No, couldn't care less about the rest of Yeah, him. and that ultimately gets proven to the fact that he's willing to give up his humanity in almost every iteration of the series to gain power to do what he needs to do. Yeah. And in the end, he doesn't really care what happens to the rest of humanity. That's why he's willing to sacrifice any life he He can it. think of exactly one human that he cares about. Yeah. That's not even himself. He couldn't care less about himself. Oh, yeah, 100%. The one person he cares about is you. That's why he was fully willing to sacrifice his own life and become... An angel, in a sense, even through the key of Nebuchadnezzar or the Atom embryo, because what happens to him is just a means to that end, and that end is you. Yes, hundred percent. He's a monster. <laughs> kind of a great dad, though. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing boss. <laughs> yeah. Like on a scale of one to ten, of like terrible dads to great, like fantastic dads, I'd say he's like at like a six and a half, maybe a seven. <laughs> 4.5 at worst. <laughs> True. I mean, does Shinji look like he had a poor life? No. He had every need. He, he was taking cello. Cellos aren't cheap. He had everything he could ever want provided for him except for his father's love. <laughs> really, if you think about like all the needs a child has over the course of their life, only having one 
thing missing from those needs. He sent Misato to go seduce him into a robot? Yeah, that's like... Did not like... interfere with his life whatever telling him he can't do something? Man, Gendo might actually be the best. <laughs> he didn't say, Shinji, get in the robot or else. You have to. He was like, I don't want to get in the robot. I was like, fine. There's the door. Yeah. I will find another child to get in a robot. If this is not something you actually want to do, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. You're my son, and I care about you. <laughs> I wouldn't make anyone do something that I wouldn't do. And I'm not going to get in a robot, because I'm not 14, I wouldn't fit. <laughs> so I can't force you, a 14 old who fits perfectly, into the robot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, now that we think about it, Gendo might be the perfect dad. And at the end, when Shinji's like, I'm not gonna fight you, I wanna talk and understand you now. What does he do? He tells the whole fucking life story. Yeah, he's like... Shinji just had to ask this whole time! The, like, imagine how much of Evangelion... I don't understand why Kaoru didn't just try this, like, a twist of the timelines where the moment Shinji, like, is about to leave, he instead turns around and is like, Gendo, Papa... Can you tell me your life story? And then they talk, and like Shinji's like, "Oh wow, you and I, father, we're not so different. <laughs> we're, not we so, can... we're, we're not so different, you and I. We're not so different, you and I. Maybe if we work together, we can get through this. There is the small chance that if this happened early enough in the timeline, Shinji becomes like evil mini Gendo, and the plan doesn't change. And yeah. she's just like, "Okay, I will help you end humanity." And like, there's scenes from later episodes where Gendo's doing the Gendo pose, and then we see a smaller desk next to Gendo where Shinji's doing the Gendo pose. I was pose. thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fuyutsuki has somehow been relegated to piling and Ava because now Gendo has Shinji. I was actually trying to imagine who would be smaller Fuyutsuki. Oh, no. It'd be Pen Pen. Pen Pen. Yeah, this is the timeline where Pen Pen becomes a pilot. You know, I, I, I thought you were joking at first, but you have me convinced. Yeah, this is actually the perfect timeline. Yeah. Man, do you remember way back at the beginning of the Antenna's Evangelion when I realized Shinji was the third child and Rei was the first child? And my prediction for the second child was Pen Pen? <laughs> it's all coming full circle. Man, what a similar time <laughs> that was. Back in episode three? Yeah. Whew! Yeah, Gendo is definitely probably the most complicated character in all of the Genesis. Just for the level of mental gymnastics to figure out some of the stuff going on. Because he's plans within plans, and backup plans have backup plans with backup plans. Yeah, I feel like trying to understand Gendo's goals and plans is kind of like trying to understand anyone who argues that every single Pokemon could defeat a billion lions. Like, the level of like mental gymnastics and like arguments that are being made simultaneously is kind of astounding. Playing 4D chess while other people are only playing 1D chess. They're playing checkers. Yeah. And then, yeah, Gendo ultimately do find out his motivations and see his backstory and rebuild. And him connecting with Shinji kind of resolves the whole series because ultimately that was what the series is about. And that conflict is now gone as of Rebuild, which makes sense that it wouldn't be a continuation of the story, much like Rebuild was to the original run, even if it's a pseudo soft reboot. The main conflict was fully resolved. Yeah. Alright. Is there anything else, or can we get into questions now? No, I think that's it, so we can get into some questions. Okay. I already asked my two. <laughs> Take me a second to realize what you meant. Okay, so for the first question we have, this one is from Rick underscore Ricky. 
How cool is he? Uh, that's an interesting question because over the course of this episode, I kind of completely changed my opinion on him. Uh, and at this point in time, I gotta say he's he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, he's not emotionally well together, but like, I don't know, he's cool. <laughs> kind of, kind of chill. Actually, no. If you think of cool in the sense of like calm, relaxed, that sense of cool. Oh, then he definitely is cool. Yeah. Uh, but if you think, although he's after rebuild, he's definitely screaming inside constantly. Yes. He has constant internal screaming. Uh, no, I, I would say he's cool. He's certainly a cool character. Yeah, uh, I think he's probably one of my favorite intellectual villains. Yes. Because that's ultimately what he is. He's not like the villain that's going to come kick your ass, although he probably could for some characters. Yeah. It's getting through his plans is the challenge, beating his intellect in a sense. Yeah. Uh, question here from Cheems underscore Priest. Is he a Sigma male or is he a Beta male pretending to be one? Uh, my answer to your question is that's a dumb fucking question. <laughs> There's no such thing as Alpha, Sigma, or Beta males. There's just... Ways individual men try and make themselves feel better. Th that's my answer. Fuck you for asking. But ultimately, he is a sim. Yes, that is true. He's, while I don't agree with the classifications of alpha male, beta male, or sigma male, I do agree with the classification of simp, and that <laughs> is what he is. Although simp is not necessarily a bad thing. Nope. What's wrong with respecting someone a lot? Exactly. But yeah, uh, ultimately, uh, it's... He does seem like he's, like, the top tier of, like, anything that's going to happen. Like, I think no one ever questions Gendo's authority, but I think Huey questions Gendo's authority. So he's, like, the vice president of life. Yeah, I... The way I imagine it is if Yui had an OnlyFans, or even just, like, a Twitch stream, <laughs> Gendo would be her, like, top sub, but she would constantly berate Gendo anytime he participated in chat. It's kind of funny to mention that because uh, in uh, the Shinji Akari grazing project where both of them are alive in parts of it, the, the running joke is constantly Gendo actually being kind of aloof and Yui keeps slapping him over the head. Like there's a part where he had to eat, she's like, okay Gendo, tell Shinji this very important information and he forgets. So the beginning of the comic is him forgetting so all the stuff happens. The end is like, did you tell Shinji? And he starts panicking and she just slaps him. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, so we have a question here from Primus vs. Unicron. Thoughts on how Gendo was also a what-if for Shinji's future? Yeah, no, I think we kind of agreed on that. Like, specifically the end of Evangelion timeline, I think going forward from there, Shinji very, not directly, but becomes a lot like Gendo in the future. I think that's kind of the whole point of Rebuild is showing how, well, not the whole point of Rebuild, but the point of that scene in Rebuild is showing that when Gendo was younger, he was a lot like Shinji. So, in that sense, Gendo is a very possible future for Shinji without intervention. Yeah, but, uh, and Rebuild itself is, but again, the story about loops, right? And it's not just the loops of, you know, the timelines or the loops of the events happening over and over again. The loops of, you know, the cycles that happen. Individual so. characters having their loops. Yeah. Families. We already kind of talked about last week the Katsuragi method and about how... Misato's life kind of weirdly parallels her father's life in a way. Yeah. That's another loop. Like, it's just all about these loops where individual characters will go through loops in their own lives, but also there will be loops between characters where they take on the roles of 
previous characters. Yeah, and then a nice kind of message about the story itself, it's understanding is kind of like the way to break those cycles in a way. Yeah. So Shinji, when he's finally able to try to understand his father, he can understand, he can see how he got to that point and know, oh, I could be going down this route too and, you know, it's okay type thing. Yeah. Gendo didn't really have anyone to confide in, so when Shinji started asking about Gendo himself and he told a story, that was kind of the big opening up moment. Uh, we have another question here from Primus vs. Unicron. Uh, and thoughts on how Gendo and Shinji are both based on Anna. Well, I do know that Shinji's based on Anna, and now that we know that Gendo uh, kind of followed the same path as Shinji, I could see it. I could see it less so Gendo being based on Anno himself, and more so being Anno recognizing a potential future for himself. And not even, like, directly, like, this is where I could go, but this is where I could have gone if I made poor choices as a child, kind of thing. Uh, so, funny enough, we do have an answer uh, on this from interviews with Anno himself. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, we already know that Shinji is a stand-in for Anno. He's yes. been very clear about that. Uh, and same with other characters, like Koji kind of being main, like, not a complete stand-in for his father, but having traits of it and stuff like that. That's why there was a 40-year-old in school, yes. Uh, so he actually answered Gendo, Sile, and Nerv for stand-ins for when he was creating the story of his thoughts on it. So, ultimately, Gendo, when he was doing it, was the thoughts of, if all the characters in the series are the world that he's controlling, then Gendo is him as the director of Neon Genesis. Okay. So not him as a person, but like what it takes His to... influence on the world. Kind exactly. Of. So it's not that Gendo is specifically, oh, it's me, I'm the version of me. It's more so the position of the director of the company, or not the company, but the show, which would be him. So pretty much his experiences with doing that was kind of his influence on Gendo. With Nerve itself being Gainax Studio, and then Sile being the TV station. Okay. So the, the publisher or producer, I think. They have the most direct control over what actually gets out. And there's constant, not direct wars, but there's constant little, like, disagreements and, like, vying for having their own version of the story versus... Yeah, so him as Gendo would have direct control over the characters, in a sense. And he has some influence over Nair, though not necessarily full control. And they have to work for Sile, in a sense, which would be the major studio of production. And... Him as Gendo trying to slip things past to get his, yeah. right, his own goals across. He has his own story he wants to tell, yeah. which is different from the story Sealight wants to tell. So, in a way, Gendo is kind of based off Anno, but not in the way of personality, but more of the structure of anime production. And, like, the role he fills in the world. Exactly. So it's not a personality thing, it's more of a role thing. Neat. Yeah. Uh, of course, Anno has stated that... Uh, as he's gotten older and revisiting the series of Rebuild, he's definitely felt, uh, like, relating to Gendo a lot more as he's gotten older after writing the character. Fair. But, oh uh, god, if Anna wears glasses, never take them <laughs> off. I don't want to see what's behind there. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun thing to think about, where it's, yeah, he's definitely, uh, Gendo and Shinji both have aspects of him, but not in the ways that you would think when a person says the character's based off somebody. Yeah. And if you want to get like into the real meta, like physical stuff, most of the characters are probably based off him in some way. 
I mean, when you're an author, and you're and not even necessarily an author, but whenever you're in charge of creating a world and creating the characters in that world, you're always going to pull from reality, and you can never pull a full... Like, if I was to write a story, I would probably pull from you for a character in the story, but that wouldn't be fully you, and be my influences on you, and so it would be a little bit of me and you combined, and thus, he'd probably have just like a really terrible podcast <laughs> just that he does by himself. How do I feel about that? To clarify, I'm not saying this podcast is terrible, I'm just saying if this podcast was just one of us talking for the entire time, I think it would be a terrible <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it'd be like one of those true crime podcasts. <laughs> Except the true crime is my mental health deteriorating over the course of this series. Uh, so, next question we have is from Korean Burrito. Once again, ah, good old Korean Burrito. One of our uh, very active uh, uh, fans of the series. I'm just going to assume you're a fan. Don't correct me on this one. Please, for the love of God, if you're not a fan, I need do this. not tell us. Just let us have this. Their question, would you hit? Uh, Gendo. Uh, so I would... I, so this is a two-part answer. So uh, initially, I'm going to refer you back to my answer from last week, where you asked us, "Would we hit Misato?" Uh, and my answer to that was, "Misato's clearly going through some trauma and has bad coping mechanisms. I would never hit someone in need of therapy." I would argue there's a similar thing going on with Gendo. He's going through trauma. He's coping poorly. Hitting someone like that never a good idea. Try and help them seek help. That being said. If you mean sexually, yes. And if you mean God Gendo, then he's impervious to all damage, so... Yeah. I'd probably hit him just to see if he'd smite me. <laughs> uh, I guess following off that question, we have uh, Jose Fumi uh, underscore V, who asked, Why did he make Shinji so relatable to me? Why did Gendo make Shinji so relatable to you? <laughs> if that's your question, fuck man, I wish I had the answer to that. <laughs> Uh, this one is from Numero One uh, Shinny. I don't understand why he did all the stuff he did, because he mostly did it for Yui. Then you do understand. He did it for Yui. I, I, I took this as more of like, why did he do everything for Yui? And it's just... Gendo's backstory in Rebuild kind of shows that Yui was actually the first person he ever formed that in connection with. The connection, that's the whole point of Neon Genesis, that true connection yeah. uh, where your faults in like, things don't matter, it's just your connection to that person, the understanding of all that. And when he lost that, he didn't have that with anyone else. And he even explains it. He didn't have a longing for connection or anything like that, so he was content. But as soon as he had it and lost it, then that was kind of his breaking point. And he needed yeah. that back no matter what. Yeah, to Then use, he went about it the wrong way. <laughs> to use a very terrible analogy, if you were raised entirely in a basement and never interacted with another human being at all, and then... All of a sudden, someone shoved another person into the basement with you, left them with you for like a month, and then took them back out of the basement. You would probably be a lot less content with the basement after that point, and would be doing whatever possible you could to get out of the basement and get back to that <laughs> to person. To be fair, I think the better example would be they let you out of the basement, you that's saw what everything was, they put you back. You'd do whatever you could to get out of that basement. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. Uh, this one is from Carl's Dot. Uh, Nairism. Uh, where do, why does he treat Shinji the way he does? Uh, as we kind of discussed during this episode, it's because he doesn't think he's capable of being a father, 
and also doesn't think he does. Uh, I, I don't even know if we discussed this or this is me remembering last week's episode where we were talking about Misato. But it's at least my interpretation. It's not that he's trying to be a dick to Shinji. It's that he doesn't think he's capable of being anything else to Shinji. Yeah. So he doesn't try and make any effort with Shinji because he doesn't think he'll have a positive impact on Shinji's life. Yeah, he doesn't think he deserves it. Uh, and he also thinks that this is what's best for Shinji if we find him. Yeah. So it's not that he's trying to be a dick to Shinji. Uh, it's more so he's indirectly being it because he refuses to have that connection that Shinji wants because he believes that's what's best. So, to answer your question, why is he doing that? Because he's fucking stupid and doesn't realize that him trying to do what's best for Shinji is actually him directly doing probably what's worst for Shinji. It's pretty much the Cinnamon Toast Crunch problem, where it's like, man, I can't understand why Shinji's so upset. It's because I can't see him with all these PhDs I have. Yeah. Uh, This one is from, uh, let's see, G-S-T-R-A-C-T-E-D. Guest Traced. Traced, yep. Uh, and it was, was Gendo finally happy at the end of 3.0 plus 1.0? And I think he was. I think that was the ultimate of his goal. Yes. He was with Yui, nothing else really mattered for him there. And I, yeah, they're both dead at this point, but I think... The idea at is least they're together. Yeah, and that was his ultimate goal. He wanted to free her from the <laughs> immortality of trapped inside the robot. Yeah. Even though she did that herself. Yep. Uh, this one is from Stelos underscore Cavellas. Did he deserve his redemption arc in the rebuild? And uh, he also specifies that he thinks he does. Yeah, I, I would argue there are very few characters in any form of media who don't deserve a redemption arc. I understand, like, the idea of, like, a character's done bad doesn't mean they are and you feel like they don't deserve redemption because they've done bad things in the past but the important thing to remember is the redemption arc isn't just for the character who's going to be redeemed it also allows them to right past wrongs and kind of not only is it better for them it's better for other characters in the series so i would say yes get this fully Deserve feels like a weird word, but I don't think there's anything wrong with giving Gendo the redemption arc. I think it's overall what's best for the story. You see, for me, it's... So I'm not arguing that he shouldn't have the redemption. To me, I don't feel like he had a redemption arc per se. Fair. Because it's more of we just got his perspective on things. So it it felt to me more of an understanding of that he wasn't necessarily an evil person. He was going about things the wrong way. The closest thing to a redemption we get is the hug. Yeah. But that's not an arc itself. It was him realizing his mistake and trying to do better. So I don't know if it's a redemption I, arc as a whole, but I think it's definitely Gendo trying to make things right. To be fair, yeah, I shouldn't clarify, call it a redemption arc because I would argue he doesn't have like an arc of redemption. Yeah, but or I even do like think a he's... story of it. It's more of like that last scene. He realizes what he did, and his hug is his way of trying to fix some of those problems. I think the moment he stops fighting back against Shinji is the moment he starts to redeem himself. Because that's the moment he starts listening to Shinji. Yeah. And I would argue that is his redemption. Yeah, so I'd say there's a redemption in there. Whether it's like a full-blown part of the story is a bit different. I think, ultimately, it's the understanding. And that thing he's willing to share. And we, as the viewer, finally understand his side of things. Yeah, and that's why I... 
I don't like... I don't disagree with your question, um, but I don't like people who argue that characters don't deserve a redemption arc, uh, or don't re deserve a redemption plotline, or even plot point where they redeem themselves. Yeah, well, just sometimes because... the redemption is just the character making the ultimate sacrifice to do something. Yeah, it's... It's very conceited to say, because someone's done something bad in the past, all they'll ever be is a bad person. I think... That's not a takeaway from this series, but that is something you should take away after watching this series, is no one is what they are at the first glance, so just because someone has done something bad in the past doesn't mean that that's all they will ever be is a bad person. I will take a hard stance on, I don't believe that everyone deserves a redemption arc, because if it doesn't make sense narratively, it should that's happen. That's fair. I'm not saying everyone deserves a redemption <laughs> I was arc. bad and now I'm good! Yeah, I'm not trying to say everyone deserves a redemption arc, I'm just saying... Anytime a series introduces a redemption arc, I'm never mad about the fact that the character who was once bad has redeemed themselves. Yeah, it just has to be done properly in yeah. a way that makes sense for the character, because a heel turn is always just a bad story. Yeah, or like a reveal of, I was never actually bad, I was just pretending to be bad so I could be good. It's like, you I mean, that could be good if it's set up properly. Yeah, if it's set up properly, but a lot of the times where it's like... I did things that were worse than the worst characters, but I wasn't actually a bad character. I was doing it for the right reasons. It's like, at a certain point, the reasons stop to matter why you're doing it. Yeah. So that is the one time when I find redemption to be... When they try and do a redemption and the fact that it's not even a redemption, it's erasing the past and saying that they were good all along, that's when I find redemption problematic. But if the redemption is a character who was bad in the past has grown from that past and is trying to be a good character now, I'm always fine. Yeah, and that ultimately is kind of my answer on the Gendo thing. I don't think he's gone through a full redeeming himself plot or even a full process to do that before he ends up dying. And I wouldn't say him dying is part of the redemption. No. I would say him giving Shinji control over instant mentality is definitely on that way, but I don't think he would be fully there, which you know, Genesis isn't about taking you fully there anyways. It's getting no, you on it's... the right path and letting you find the way. Yeah, it's the Neon Genesis is essentially the analogy of you can take a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Of like, it's not about getting people to a spot where they're healthy. It's putting people into position where they can grow to be healthy themselves. Yeah, and though Gendo ends up dying at the end, I think he was on the path of redemption, but obviously due to circumstances, he's not fully there. But his heart was in the right spot from what we saw at the end. Yeah. And then, uh, probably one of my favorite questions from this one from uh, Ruin.bat on Instagram. Why did he even have a child if he was just going to hate it? <laughs> to be fair, I don't think he thought he was going to hate it. I think, well, first of all, he had a child with Yui. Yeah. If Yui wanted a child, he was 100% going to play along. To be fair, I think there's even a line in Rebuild where... He said he could overcome anything as long as he had Yui, in reference to Shinji. Like, he never wanted a child, but he felt like he could do anything with Yui. Yeah. So I think he was all for it, and he was willing to make an effort, but Yui passing, or disappearing, whatever you want to phrase that is, just broke him so much. Because, as we saw in the flashbacks with Kid Shinji with Yui there, they look like a normally functioning family. Yeah, Gendo I fully... fine with Shinji. I fully believe that Gendo might not have been an amazing dad, but I fully believe he wasn't a bad dad before Yui passed. Yeah. I think it's Yui's passing is what caused him to kind of go down that slope of becoming a worse and worse father. Yeah. So, 
I don't think he had any intention of hating Shinji before Shinji was born. Yeah. And I think he fully intended on being, maybe not the most involved father, but being a father who cared for his son. And it's just, Yui's passing kind of broken. Yeah, he wasn't able to accept her God, like God and move on from there. And thus kind of created the pitfall that caused a lot of the problems in the series before at that point. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, he definitely I was fully willing to be the father for Shinji and do it with Yui, but just without Yui, he didn't know what yeah. to do. He was ready to be a parent. What he wasn't ready for was being a single parent. That's the way to put it. Yeah. yeah, I think if you need any proof, just any of the flashbacks that we see of Shinji when Yui was still around, uh, with Gendo there, it doesn't look like the Gendo that we saw. That yeah, no. The Gendo we end up getting after that is a very hardened version of the character. It clearly, as we see, has reverted back to his self before Yui. Yeah. And that is the last of the Gendo questions that we have. Fair enough. Well then, Keith, let me ask you. Do you like Gendo? Yeah, Gendo's a very fun character. Uh, as I said, he's probably one of my favorite intellectually based villains. Yeah. And uh, he is very much the villain of Neon Genesis, though. He is the source of every... Well, not directly the source of everyone's trauma, but he has a hand in everyone's trauma and doesn't help to make it better. Well, not necessarily in everyone's trauma. He's the main force of Shinji's trauma, and Shinji is the protagonist. The main force we're working against Shinji is not the angels or anything like that. It is ultimately Gendo. Even though Gendo wasn't actively working against Shinji, it's just his actions were causing the problem. To be fair, when I said everyone, I didn't mean everyone. I mostly meant the three pilots, because while he's not the source of Asuka's trauma, and Rei doesn't exactly have trauma, he's not exactly making either of their lives better either. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I... How do I phrase this? I like him as a... Even saying I like him as a character feels weird. I respect the place he fills within the plot, and I think he's a well-written character. But, same way I would say about fucking, to make a reference to a series very few people care about anymore. Joffrey Baratheon. <laughs> I don't like the character, but I respect the role the character fills within the story, yeah. and think he is a positive addition to the series. Oh, definitely, yeah. Having a character that's a villain that you just hate so much passionately is a really well-done villain. Yeah. Regardless of if you like them or not. And on that note, if you ever see a villain like that in a series or movie... Don't blame the fucking actor. Awesome. I can't stand people who get mad at the actor for playing a villain so well that you dislike the villain. Yeah. He's doing his job well and you're getting mad at him for it. Pretty much. Uh... What really right. should be sending like, man, you played this character so much I fucking hate you. Holy shit, I fucking hate you and I think you should play more villains in the future. <laughs> yeah. Please continue living so I can continue hating you. That's what I want. <laughs> Be my reason to get up in the morning out of spite. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to wake up in spite of you. <laughs> and that's the thing. Gendo is a character that you can really hate, but then you kind of also can understand when all is said and done that you can see the path that he used to get to where he was. And I think both of those together just show like a really well-designed character, in a sense. I would even argue that I don't hate Gendo the character I just could never say I like the character just because like that's not what he's meant to be oh yeah I think re like with the context of rebuild it definitely shifts so that the hate part goes away a lot yeah that's how they do it. 
But with the original run, like... Oh, yeah, I could definitely see it. Uh, I think Gendo was a very hated character. In fact, he's uh, not that popular in Japan, like, even with popular and stuff. What uh, about in, like, all the ads of him shaving and loving his son because of his shave? Didn't change anything. That's But then shame. I think Rebuild did a really good job of giving the full side of Gendo that yeah. was supposed to be intended from the beginning. The original idea for Gendo was... Um, instrumentality was actually supposed to be for the betterment of humanity. And at the end, he ended up sacrificing himself to save Shinji was the original plan for Gendo. Obviously, that got changed a bit, but yeah. those are parts of the story that I feel are still present, even if they're not fully realized. True. True, true, true. So, I, I don't feel like Gendo being sympathetic at the end and his motivations and not actually hating Shinji was just a, a retcon or out of left field. I think it was no. always there. It was what was intended for the character. It's just, we actually got an insight into it. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, that will wrap up our Gendo episode. Of course, if you have any questions you'd like answered about this that you felt that weren't really addressed during the episode, you can email us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. Uh, we're pretty good. We'll get the response. We'll probably agree that on the next episode just to catch up on that if we don't get back to you on email. On top of that, this episode comes out every Wednesday on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Like, favorite, subscribe, share with a friend, write a review. Anything does help with word of mouth. Uh, we're coming up to our one-year episode pretty soon, so that's going to be a fun one. But uh, we're going to continue on with our character episodes, I guess. The Read Scott, we're going to... Uh, I Why am I saying that? What I should be saying is... What are we actually going to do next time, Keith? Okay, now you can answer it, because you already answered it. Reedsuko. We're going to do Reedsuko. <laughs> We're going to do Reedsuko's episode, yeah. And then, that's the last of the character episodes before we go into the next big part of the story. Which is uh, the last episode of this podcast, because we agreed we'd do it for a year, and that's going to be our 52nd episode. We'll have done this for a year. Right. And there's always plenty of fan service, and that right makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>